welcome to the Small Town Nerdcast or Nerd Podcast, whatever you want. It, it, I still haven't really figured out what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but today have uh, Matt joining us. He's got a comic that he wants to showcase. He's got a Kickstarter coming up April 19th, I believe. Yes. Right or wrong? That's All right. Good. And the comic is called, and I'm sorry if I say this wrong, but I read it as ID10 Terror, or is it ID10T Error? ID10T Error. Okay. Yeah. I was like, is it a play on terror, which is kind of cool, or is it just like idiot error, which is funny and still cool? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's both. Like, it's um, it's a programming joke, I think. I, I like oh, the, the title was the last thing I came up with for this story. So I, 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 I'm the worst at titles. I hate making titles. I can never think of anything good. So I just kind of did a Google search. I can't remember what I typed in, but ID10T error was a thing that came up. And it's just kind of an inside joke with, you know, IT professionals and programmers. If they get really dumb questions from their clients, like, oh, oh my mic's not working. What's happening? <laughs> it, they know because it's like, I don't know, because it's not plugged in. It's not turned on, but they'll they'll cut right back and be like, oh, you got an ID 10 to error there. So, yeah, idiot error. You know what? I'm pretty sure someone has said that to me before, and now I'm offended. <laughs> I didn't catch it at first. Now I'm a little bit wiser, a little bit, uh, you know, smarter. Or uh, well, you, you saw how much trouble I had getting my new microphone working. So, you know, we're all. No, man, that, that was definitely not user error. That was uh, bad equipment is what it was. No. <laughs> not a good one. But, uh, yeah. But, but, but yeah, so uh, you know what? Complete uh, to be completely honest, I don't like the title, but I'm kind of stuck with it. <laughs> it's bad for it's just kind of bad for like marketing the book because people are always like ID nine for what they never get it right. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I think it, uh, one, it's a good title. I think once people kind of see the ID ten uh, ID ten T as idiot. And uh, with that, that ID10T with the error, it's both comedy and putting error with the T, terror. Like that, I feel like that fits the book perfectly, man. Um, it's true. Yeah. Comedy, horror. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like without trying, I don't know how much you want to spoil of it or how much detail you want to go into it, but, uh, you know, it's a story of what we believe is a person trapped in a, robot body much like it, it reminded me a lot of frankenstein's monster mm-hmm. is really what it reminded me of and it's kind of like frankenstein's monster for our generation and what happens and just him gaining sentience and realizing like oh i don't like where this is going <laughs> yeah yeah no totally that was always kind of like the intention with it just being like a weird twist on that, that myth, the Frankenstein myth, where, you know, Victor Frankenstein originally intended to create his, you know, his creation to be something beautiful and like the ideal, ideal man. And, you know, then then go so great after that. But this guy, our main character, our Victor Frankenstein, whose name is Bradley, he creates this, this creation specifically so he can just immediately torture and kill it. Which is so awful, man. <laughs> Like, and I did not see that coming uh, when I was reading the the preview that you gave me. I was like, 
oh, like he's creating this. Maybe it's like a government contract or like maybe it's like some kind of crazy weapon. And he's like, I can't wait to do horrible things to you. And I was like, oh, God, no. Yeah, yeah. no, he, he, he he's just an asshole. That's why. That's his main motivation. Just, just petty. Just pettiness. Very petty. And I mean, you get to see a bit, you get to see why he's that petty in the story, like what drives him into madness. And um, I, it, it, to me, it all makes sense. Like it all works in a beautiful camp horror kind of way, which uh, to me, I, I love this genre. You know, I've, I've never been one for too much horror or too much terror. I've always loved the comedy aspect within horror are horrors that are not afraid to make fun of themselves. And I feel like this book is right up my alley with that. And especially with the artwork and some of the, the scenes that happen in some of these panels where there's just that, like kind of like the over the top comedy of, of some of the, like when, when Bradley's chasing after uh, the robot you know, there's this scene where it's like his legs are spinning like wheels and there's just smoke everywhere behind him because he's running that fast. And then he like trips. Oh, um, like, yeah. Yeah, that's for, uh, yeah, I think that scene's from issue two. So, yeah, that's probably the preview I sent you for issue two, which there you is going to be funding on Kickstarter starting next week, uh, depending on when this podcast goes live. Um, yeah, April 19th. But uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm glad you noticed that the the physical comedy was always, mm, I guess, the driving comedy in the book, especially for the first issue. Um, like for the first issue, I always thought of it primarily as a as a comedy. But um, I know, like a lot of people, their comment back to me was like, "Oh, this is so creepy and disturbing," and ooh, and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> it was really funny but it's not like a lot of kind of jokey jokes haha like you know joke jokes it's it's totally driven by the art and the kind of absurdity of it so yeah uh speaking of which like uh, otavio colino is the artist and he does a lot of the comedy heavy lifting and in, in books one and two um so yeah like you see a lot of kind of bugs bunny kind of reactions like bradley's eyes go popping out of his head or he kind of makes these kind of cartoon faces and and um yeah that that's a lot of the comedy heavy lifting just comes from the art mm -hmm. and i mean and i love the first issue i love that it's almost in a way a misdirection of what kind of story you, you you're expecting to get because it is creepy like the art style the color work it has a very kind of like a gritty feel to it, you know, with the, the reds um, contrast with like these greens and yellows. It, it really makes you feel like you're just going like deep diving some crazy, like thrasher horror type comic. And then uh, what is that Pikachu Furby thing? Uh, uh, what is his name? Burpo. Yeah. Burpo. He shows up and you're like, what the hell? And like things start, you know, like you slowly start seeing this story come together and how like, oh, this is going to be the tone of the book. And I, I think it's great. I don't think it, it's a weird shift. I think it happens naturally. And like, I, I love how this story kicks off, man. I, I'm kind of mad I didn't even know about it until issue two. 
Because, man, this would have been great to start getting into right away. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with the Kickstarter. I'm also doing a uh, kind of catch-up thing. So anybody that missed the first one, don't worry. Um, there's going to be issue one available in the in the Kickstarter. So you won't miss out on anything. Oh, nice, man. So, like, with the Kickstarter, what all do you know, like, what kind of things you're going to be doing for different levels? Or Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, pretty much all ironed out. Um, I don't know, you might not know this, but with the first Kickstarter, it was a digital-only book. I didn't print it. Okay. Um, mainly because, like, I'm, I'm so green at comics, like, I've never... I've never printed my own comic. Plus when I released this Kickstarter, we were smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. So I was very risk adverse. Like I didn't want to risk doing my first printed comic in the middle of a pandemic, with all the supply chain issues and <laughs> who knows what lockdown. So I just wanted to keep it super simple, but I'm, I'm, if you could look at the room I'm in now, I, I love my physical media. I'm just surrounded by lawn boxes of comics, books on shelves. So I really wanted to print this. So yeah, for issue for this Kickstarter, it's gonna raise funds to, of course, produce issue two and to print it. But I'm also raising funds to print issue one for the first time. So that's gonna be kind of the the biggest reward tiers is you'll well, I'm offering um a package to get issue one and two both in print for the first time. Um, blah, 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 blah. What I'm doing a uh, uh, what do you call it a print by our colorist Kay Baird who, you know, you noted like how awesome her colors were in this book. She's also uh, an amazing illustrator in her own right. So she created a um, a print for us. Um, and it's kind of like a weird, creepy Frankenstein uh, scene where, you know, the, the ID10T, the AI is kind of in shambles, like in the middle of being built. So like he, uh, he doesn't have his eyes yet. He's got wires all hanging out of him and, Bradley's just kind of like hunched over working on him. It's it's really cool. It looks it's really neat. So, uh, yeah, anybody that backs the the kind of catch up tier will get that print for free, which I think is pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, um, we're offering original pages from the first book, so the pen and ink original pages. Uh, our artist Otavio is doing commissions, so we're having a limited amount of commissions of you know whatever pop culture character you want to see and and oh and we're offering like a, a tier to get drawn into the comic so um there are a few people in id 10t or issue one that were that that received that uh tier so we're doing it again because it's pretty <laughs> popular let's have you did like an amazing job recreating people's likenesses so yeah if if you want to you can appear as a character in the issue um you'll have lines You'll interact with the characters, you'll have motivations, all that kind of cool stuff. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much That's it. pretty sweet, man. Yeah. Like, that's always a fun thing. And it's something, like, you never see in, like, you know, big books rarely do that unless you're, like, a celebrity or a family member. But yeah. I love indie books, man, because, you know, it, it's cool to see a depiction of yourself in a book where crazy things are happening. So that, that's all to me. That's always a cool tier, and that's always a cool donation thing to do, and it, it makes makes the story a little bit personal to whoever you know, it gets to be put into it. So that's kind of neat. Exactly. Yeah. So around your grandkids by the fire thirty years from now, oh, let me let me tell you the story of a 
a robot who, <laughs> much like Frankenstein, well, see, kids, Frankenstein was in this thing called books, which long time ago. <laughs> but uh, no, man, it, it's uh, really cool stuff. You know, prints are always an awesome thing. So it's it sounds really cool. Uh, have you all figured out what kind of levels, uh, like donation-wise, you all are going to do? Uh, like the amounts? Uh, yeah, uh, still kind of working that out. Um, the book itself um, will be $15 Canadian. So, you know, American people. It's a, I don't know if that being American, maybe like $11 or something like that. You, uh, you probably have a better idea than me, man. <laughs> something like that. It's cheaper. It's less than 15 uh, 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 oh, I, Off the dome, like the, the be drawn into the comic tier, I think is a hundred plus you're getting nice you know, the book you're getting the free print you're also yeah, getting yeah. a bundle of comics that i wrote like um short comics that i've written over the years that got published in different anthologies so you know get a nice little package of comics there um but, 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 but original page i think is 120 again you're getting all that other stuff i just mentioned and to get the commission i think that's 150 plus all the other nice. stuff yeah so you know not not too pricey for what you're no doing. man i think that that's great stuff man that's definitely something that for people looking to back something that's affordable and i think that's also but good chunks to help you get you know get all this funded yeah absolutely you know i i I've, i'm i've got the the pre-kickstarter jitters um this will be my second campaign and and the first one like i mentioned um, was digital only, so I didn't have to worry about printing costs. I didn't have to worry about shipping costs. All I had to worry about is getting the comic done and then sending it out to backers. So, pretty small goal. It was twelve hundred Canadian, um, which was you know pretty doable. And this time around, we're going to be raising that's seven thousand five hundred Canadian. So, you know, quite a big jump in price. Um, so, I'm just busting my butt <laughs> all the podcasts, reaching out to people uh, yeah just making sure we can we can hit that goal that lofty goal oh yeah totally i don't know and you asked earlier but uh, this episode will actually come out on the 19th oh cool I saw so so as we're talking we're talking about the, the kickstarter which is here now like, <laughs> what are you wasting your time for go like no keep listening to us but like as soon as this is over <laughs> yeah go right now you know do it while you're listening. You can yeah, yeah. Everyone should have dual monitors. Like, you know, we're not crazy people. No. Are you listening on your phone? Get on your computer. Or just... We've all got like at least three devices, right? Our computer, our phone, and our tablet. So Exactly. Cool. Yeah. There's no excuse for you not to be multitasking. Even if you're driving. Oh, well, okay. Hold up. Okay. okay. <laughs> let, okay. let me slow down here. But, but yeah man no that, that's really cool stuff and you know you talked a little bit about anthologies and um like reading this story like just issue one getting the chance to check that one out it felt like a really well crafted like something that i would see in an anthology series but definitely i want to see where this goes man like how did you come up with this character like um, kind of, I guess if, if like you've read the story, so the main concept is, is a little bit of a spoiler if I tell like, um, 
where the idea came from. But I guess to be obscure, oblique, it's just, it's an idea that I've had for about, I don't know, since I was in college. And uh, it's just about my, you know, various frustrations with technology, uh, the way we rely on it so much and how it can, it can fail on us like <laughs> without any notice. And then it, it can just, you know, completely derail so many important things in our lives. And uh, the character Bradley, like he, something similar happens to him and he, he has no way of venting his anger and his frustrations because he can't blame anybody but himself. Um, and you know, there's this, this inanimate object that's kind of completely ruined this thing that he was working on and he can't, you know, express his anger to it because it's just, it's nothing. It's a soulless piece of hardware. So that is why he, he, um, his, his hatred and his anger just kind of snowballs into this very bizarre, bizarre fashion where he, he goes to the lengths to, you know, give this inanimate piece of hardware life just so he can get his revenge against it. So, it uh, yeah. incredible the links that he goes to, to get this revenge. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's kind of like where the comedy I think comes from just how unbelievably absurd the whole conceit is and the lengths this guy will go to, you know, for something so stupid and petty and meaningless. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we've all, we've all had that where technology fails us and we're angry at, angry at it and have kind of no way to vent our frustrations. So that's where the idea came from. And yeah, like I said, it's, I had this idea in college. It, over the years, it took on many forms. Um, I think originally I wanted to do like a short film about it. I originally wanted to do, uh, after that didn't really work out. May I was like, mm, maybe I'll do it in like a one act play for the Fringe Festival, which is, I don't know if you have that in the States, but it's kind of like a independent theater festival that is here, here in Toronto and in Europe and in some place in the, in the States. Uh, and then, yeah, the, then after that, I was like, mm, maybe I'll make it into a comic. So that's kind of where it landed and how I, how I kind of got it off the ground. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's the origin story. <laughs> well, you know, I think taking things like that where, uh, and I've heard this like similar stories where people had movie ideas or show ideas mm-hmm. and eventually it trickles down and it becomes a comic and, it, to me, it, it always just makes sense because in comic format, things work so well and you can, in a in a sense, storyboard it just with much more detail and you can really play with the ideas, you know, there, and also there's things in comics that maybe you can't do in movies. Mm-hmm. And so you can, like you said, you can really take and exaggerate things in comic form. And so I'm always happy to hear when people are like, oh, my movie didn't work out. And I was like, you should start a comic. No, <laughs> I know some people really don't like it. The, the comic purists out there are always like, oh, you can't do that. You can't turn your movie idea into a comic. But, you know, it's fine. Those are the kind of people that hate that, like, you know, Falcon becomes Captain America or, you know, we get a new Miss Marvel who's Middle Eastern. Like, yeah. those are those kind of people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, no, I, I think this really worked well as a comic because a, um, if I wanted to do a short film or a play, I, I probably didn't have like the budget to make like a robot. So, um, with a 
with the comic, it's much easier to to represent that. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, and who knows, man? Who knows who might see this comic and be like, hey, you know what? This would be a great like movie. And then all of a sudden, your original idea is happening, you know? Yeah. It took, took a little nice detour, like a roundabout way to get there. But yeah. You know, Netflix, call me. I'm available. Let's Anyone. Talk. Yeah. They're, they're always looking for image shows to pick up, you know? So image, you know, there, there's a cool comic right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come on. You know, it, it's funny though, because like that always that seemed like the thing for the longest time. It was like TV, like networks and studios were picking up whatever comic property they could find. Like, oh, you got a, a dog that can fight? That's mine. <laughs> oh, you got like zombies? That's it. Vampires? That's it. Baseball? That's it. Like just whatever. If it was a comic, they were picking it up. Yeah, yeah. And it the, feels like some of those ideas or concepts are finally getting around to being made into TV shows. So we've gotten a bunch in the past, like Sweet Tooth and Umbrella Academy. And oh, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think there's a few Rick Remender books that have been turned into Netflix shows. or Right, right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. You know, and it's funny, you mentioned Umbrella Academy. It was a comic I was never really into. Like, for whatever reason, it just never grasped me. But I started watching the Netflix show, and I couldn't stop. Like... I binged the hell out. I didn't watch it when it first came out. I think I started when the first season wrapped up and I was like, well, I guess I'll see what this is about. Yeah. And I could not stop, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm kind of the, I mean, I like, I really enjoyed the, the Netflix show, but I, I think I still prefer the comic over the Netflix show. Cause I don't know, I guess reading from ID 10 to air, like you, you get an idea of my taste, like very weird stuff, very fast paced, cut out all the kind of i don't know i don't know what, what would you call that the fluff of it all maybe fluff, yeah i guess like that that comic is so so fast-paced and it just like plot point crazy plot point to crazy plot point um, it <laughs> seems like a little bit too fast like you don't get a lot of i don't know character stuff in it but um i don't know i i, I kind of like it you just get whiplash from just flying around the place. <laughs> Crazy high concept. It's like high concept to high concept almost. Not really, really too plot focused or um, character focused. But um, yeah, I guess in that way, like it's very kind of like Grant Morrison comic. Hmm, yeah, <laughs> that's funny, man. Wait, talking about like no fluff, man. Uh, the the AI robot, man. Just the look of this thing, like the design where it's just like nothing on it looks extra. Like everything on him looks like it has a purpose or if it didn't have a purpose, it was just left out of the window. Mm. Like he is beautifully terrifying the way your robot looks with the denture mouth, the eyeballs and the behind the hockey mask looking face like yeah (laughs) like how did you come up with this idea man or this look for this character um yeah very much like frankenstein we kind of wanted to look like a frankensteinian robot so um it took a while for me and otavio to kind of go back and forth um on what the look was um uh, but my kind of idea the direction i gave him was like any kind of 
things you'd find around the house is basically what this thing is made of. So that mask is kind of supposed to be that, you know, very generic, just blank face mask you'd find at like a Halloween store. So it's just like the eyeballs are kind of cut out to make room. Uh, like the, yeah, like you said, dentures, the eyeballs are just like plastic eyeballs. I think he's wearing like sneakers. Um, there's like, I don't know. Atavio like had an idea. I think like the chest plate or like the, the butter something was kind of based off of like a stormtrooper kind of armor. So, Oh yeah. Okay. It's like found like a, a stormtrooper costume thrown away or Uncle Gigi for like super cheap. So he just got it off of there. Um, yeah. And like the hands are just gloves and yeah. So just like any crap you'd find around the house or find in a dumpster. Right. What this thing is made of. Like this man was so intent on enacting his revenge he didn't even think about buying a 3D printer, you know, <laughs> like something just to help a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's intent on his revenge, but he's got to do it on a budget, right? Like he he's just working as this low low level programmer on this odd app that he's developing. So yeah, he he, he can't he can't afford a 3D printer. He's got to go <laughs> back and for to find a perfect I don't know left arm. The only thing he can afford is vengeance. <laughs> Good. There you go. You can use that. That's a, a blurb. You can use. <laughs> Good. Uh, oh yeah, man. The original kind of um, b- 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 character concept was even more. The AI had like a lot more junk on it. Like there was so much more wires and stuff hanging off of it. And I think Otavio realized once he like started on the pages, like you know, I'm gonna have to draw this every panel, like all this extra junk that I put on it. So I think he really stripped it down. Um, actually, on social media, I might share it like in backer updates, just kind of be like, hey, here's the original concept. So yeah, if you back it, check out for that. I'll, I'll show you the progression of the AI in our in our backer updates. Yeah, man. You know, and it's a funny thing to think about. Like as an artist, you're like, yeah, I'm going to put this and this is going to look awesome. And then we're going to put these wires hanging and there's going to be this that sparks and that. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I got to draw this yeah. for like the foreseeable future. Yeah. Well, you know, he's going to look like that robot Eve from Wally where he's just a peanut and smooth everywhere. <laughs> just one circle with eyes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Yeah, the other funny thing is Bradley, um, like, again, he took a while for us to kind of perfect, not as long as the AI, but I forget the actor's name, like, the original concept looked a lot like this actor. Um, Have you seen Fleabag? Have you ever seen Fleabag? Man, I haven't. I know what you're talking about, but I've just never really sat down and watched it. I don't remember his name. Uh, Stranger Things? Okay, yeah. Okay, hold on. I'm just going to do a quick... We're going to do this real quick. Stranger Things. Real quick. His name is Brent Gelman. He looked a lot like Brett Gelman. Brett Gelman, um, okay. Gelman, yeah, look him up. Um, but yeah, for whatever reason, like once again, once he started the, the book, Bradley just kind of morphed into me. Like, so Bradley looks a lot like me. Um, so I don't, I don't know how I should take that, but. Uh, oh, I 100% see it now. I'm looking at Brett. <laughs> uh, you're looking at like my social media. Oh, Brett Gelman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Holy crap, man. That's funny. Yeah. I, you know, I love this Bradley character too. He actually, oh, who does he remind me of? You ever watch uh, the animated Harley Quinn? No, but I want to. No, no, no. I... He, you totally should. Um, I believe it's the, um, 
the Commissioner Gordon character on there, he just seems so over everything. Like he's just he's finally just given up. Like he's just a horrible human being kind of and like he's addicted to coffee and cigarettes and like like he's just he's so not no nonsense but just like fuck it all like like that's how i picture this bradley character just like i don't care what the hell's going on i don't care what my boss has to say i just i gotta kill this robot like you know like everything is just a means to beat the shit out of this robot in the best way possible yeah totally yeah he's definitely a character that is always like turned up to 11 100 percent 11 man (laughs) that's what makes him a lot of fun to write and what also makes him really kind of easy to write like it's it's just so i don't know easy to come up with how we react to any given situation because it's always like over the top and completely you know not what a reasonable human being would do so right yeah it's like he's that inner voice that you you know you're not supposed to act on but it's still there that tells you like you know when someone cuts you off it's like you know run them off the road you know you shouldn't but (laughs) it's there your inner Bradley. But that's that's what I'm gonna call him now. My inner Bradley tells me, you know, just go punch that person. Like, what's the worst they can do? Yeah. Call the cops. You just run. It's fine. The I'll, uh, I'll, I'll build a robot that looks like that person, and then <laughs> give it AI, give it life. <laughs> My wife, honey, you gotta come in for dinner. Not now. <laughs> I'm busy. My son grows up in front of my eyes, but I don't notice because I'm too busy trying to enact my my vengeance on some robot that I made out of my lawnmower, weed eater, and this build a bear. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what I I don't know. That's what I think makes this character Bradley so mm, such a good villain, so tragic. He's just wasting away his life on something so stupid. Um, it's yeah. so personal, though, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I like about Bradley is because, like, we're, I think, as humans, we're, like, maybe one to two bad choices away to becoming a Bradley, you know? Like, <clears throat> if we don't listen to, if we don't listen to our conscience and if we just, you know, don't fall into our responsibilities, it, it's so easy to become this vengeful uh, vengeful and like just driven character exactly yeah yeah he's the, he's just so blinded by his, his hatred yeah you know not to say that i'm anywhere near talented as a writer of shakespeare but uh, he's kind of shakespearean in that sense like the downfall like somebody like macbeth where he's just so focused on i don't know what he wants and he just lets everything else fall apart around him um, and that's what I'm really excited about issue two, because we kind of get outside of the basement. That's kind of was the mission statement for issue two. Like issue one is so claustrophobic just in this one space. So with issue two, I wanted to expand the story, like both in scope, both in scape, uh, no scape, stakes. Um, yeah. So he, we kind of find out a little bit more about Brad, like, like his backstory, some relationships that he's had in the past and he's kind of given like um, a hand, like to kind of pull him out of the darkness, like to say, you know, you, you can let go of this hate. You can, you can be something more. You can actually achieve the kind of dreams that you've always wanted, like having success and, 
you know, where, where it all go, where it all went wrong with this thing that failed you, you can kind of recover that. And, and the interesting thing to see from there is, is he going to embrace that? Is he going to pull himself out of the darkness or is he going to, is he going to, um, you know, just go further into the darkness, just, you know, <laughs> hand away and just commit to the hatred. So, uh, without spoiling anything or saying where issue two goes, um, that's kind of, that's, that's where Bradley's story is going in this next chapter. He is the Anakin Skywalker of this, uh, comic. Also, you heard it here first, people. Uh, Matt McGrath claims he is the Shakespeare, the Shakespeare of our generation. Um, uh, so exactly we're me. Definitely, definitely um, going along with that. Yeah, I'm telling yeah. all my friends now. Okay. I, met, I met our generation Shakespeare. Yeah, I accept that. He's got a robot and a crazy guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> if Shakespeare was alive today, he'd probably write a, a, a comic about a, a man who creates a robot just to kill it, I think. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think Shakespeare would enjoy comics, man. I, I think he would definitely see the like the freedom that it it gives you. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because he had some pretty crazy, pretty crazy um, stories going on in his plays. You know, big battles happening off off stage, or these I don't know. I guess mostly epic battles are like these crazy magical things where a guy gets turned into a, a, a donkey or a, a statue comes to life. So, so yeah, I, I bet he'd be, it's a good point. I, bet he'd I mean, I could just ask you since you're this generation's uh, Shakespeare, but <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> you heard it here first. No, <laughs> well, Matt, Hey man, I want to thank, thank you uh, for coming on the show. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but uh, uh, where can everyone find the Kickstarter at? Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, like I said, the, the the title is a little bit of a mouthful. So, just follow along with me here. It is going, you know, going to Kickstarter. Go to the comic section. Type in go into the search bar on the comic section, and type in ID dash ten T space error, and um, I'm sure you'll find it by then. Or you can follow me on uh, social media. My handle is stupid Matt. That is stupid with two O's, S-T-O-O-P-I-D underscore Matt. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm probably going to be talking about the Kickstarter for, you know, the next month. So you can probably find the link there as well. You might have it pinned to the profile. Yeah, Who knows? Probably, you know, in between like, well, the cat photos and the photos of my kid, you'll probably see a, the odd tweet about this Kickstarter I'm running. Yeah. Also, I'll be sure to share it on my websites and uh, on all my social media. So that way, try to get as many eyes on it. And if anyone out there listening, you got a dollar, five, a hundred and fifty, you know, whatever, whatever you throw, it, throw it Matt's way. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I I, I talked about uh, the print run, but for anybody that's on a budget, you know, you can't can't afford the the print run, or you can't just swing that shipping, which which I might add is pretty low. It's going to be, I think, ten Canadian to the U.S., so not not too bad. Um, but yeah, I'm also offering digital versions of the comics, so you can get issue one digitally, or you can get issue two digitally, uh, or you can get them both together. So yeah, there 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 are options for all situations and budgets. Sounds great, man. Well, once again, man, I want to thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to talk to you, um, and uh, good luck with your Kickstarter, man. Awesome. Yeah, that like I said, thanks for having me on. This is 
great conversation. Um, it's a nice break in the middle of my day between, you know, work meetings. So always happy to talk comics and, and, um, yeah. And, and I'm not sure you're, you're honored to be speaking to the, the Shakespeare of our time. So see, he said it, he said it, I got it on, I got it recorded right now. 